Welcome to the Didi and Latal Show. Advice, thoughts, and stories from a married couple on cybersecurity, technology, and life in general. Now here are your hosts, Didi and Latal. Hello, and welcome to the Didi and Latal Show. Hello, Didi. How's Hello. it going? Things are awesome. You know how we know things are awesome? How you know that things are awesome? The Bruins destroy the Maple Leafs. This kind of makes every Bruins fan... It's a good fan, season for them, isn't it's, it? It's a very good season. They had a three-game skid, and but they went to the all-star break by knocking in the Leafs' teeth. And so everybody's happy, especially in Canada. Aviv, have you recovered from the fact that the 49ers had their teeth kicked in? Yes, yes. That, that was an un- unfortunate event. That's what happens when you don't have a quarterback. Well, Mike, well, Shanahan decides to continue not... First, second, third. Yes, exactly. (laughs) He keeps going with these nobody quarterbacks rather than get Tom Brady, but now it's too late for him. (laughs) Yeah. Well, here in California, we appreciate a good challenge, so it just happens too easy otherwise. So we give it a try. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Well, we have with us a great guest from California, early morning for you. So thanks for joining us, Aviv Levy. Tell us a little bit. You have a long journey in cybersecurity. So, and we've known each other. You worked with Didi. We've met several times. Great to have you with us. Thanks for joining. Absolutely. And thanks for having me. Just in terms of brief background. I've been in the the industry for just a few decades, like everyone else. I've been in the U.S. since 2014. Did a bunch of interesting roles at Cisco. Started with the Meraki business, where I initially ran the the security, the SD-WAN business. Then the Wi-Fi, the switching as well. Led the cloud security team for Cisco Security for a while. Then started the first ever strategy and innovation team for Cisco Security, where I led some definition of the longer term strategy with my team, as long as some investments and some acquisition programs that we can't really talk about. But the the grand reveal is that I'm no longer with Cisco. Well, oh. I'm not. I'm not sure when this is going to air, but as of today, I have one week left at Cisco, and then I'm embarking on a on a new road. So, very very excited to. Congratulations! Thank you. And. Thanks. Uh, Something exciting ahead of us? Are you willing to share what's going on? Well, the, what we see out there today is super, super interesting in terms of security. I'm, I'm going to give you my perspective on, on security. You can't avoid that. So that's going to come later on. But sure. I just want to say that the, the environment out there is really an impetus for creating great companies, whether it's by PEs rolling up great assets that are on sale today or new companies coming up with great ideas and they just have the, the time to provide and the clarity to think through and just nail what needs to be done. And I'm, I'm seeing experience for me personally across the, the spectrum. So I'm, I'm super excited about that. I'm also supporting quite a few startups. So this is something that I really enjoy doing just getting more plugged into the industry, something that I couldn't do formally because of conflict of interest, a part of Cisco, but now definitely part of my day to day, just meeting with entrepreneurs and younger companies, helping them out. This is awesome. 
And I think we are both very lucky to, to get often your advice. And let's plug in that you've been helping us both at Hunters with some advice. Cisco is an investor at the Hunters. It's Cisco, all... yeah. Cisco is an investor in Orcs. <laughs> so I invested in both of Yes. I, yes. I invested in both of you. So I literally you have vested interest. You are my legacy. You have to kill it. I, I want to see 11 figures exit each. Looking forward for that. Amen. So you've been in the industry for two decades, even a little bit smaller companies than big companies, Cisco. What's kind of like the, the changes that you've seen? What's the trends that are going on? I can't specifically, it is not an easy year. 2023 started with all those noises around recession, slowdown. What do we see and what do you think? will happen. Yeah. yeah. So let, let's start with what, what I think is kind of repeating itself. History never repeat, but it rhymes. So yeah. my, my very subjective perspective, I, I would love to, to hear what you guys think about that. But as, as a person that's been looking at and involved in the security space for, for a few decades, the, the usual path that I see us humans follow is that we science come up with a new and exciting technology and it's amazing and it's life-changing. And then a year or, or two years later, oh my God, we forgot about security. And then everyone, <laughs> ev everyone is rushing in. It's like a dozen, a dozen companies that are coming in and saying, Hey, we're going to solve that and we're going to fix that. And, and we, we all know multiple companies that came out of, hey, we used to take advantage of that and now we're going to help your city, right? So yeah, there's a dozen, the, dozen new The other yeah. side. Yeah. So there's a dozen new companies fixing the thing with technology. And then what happens? Then it takes a year, maybe maybe two years. Oh my God, security is never 100%. Something is going to get in. Okay, so now you have another dozen companies and detection and response and all of that. So of new companies. And then a year later, what happens then? Oh my God, I have 10,000 alerts per day. What am I going to do with all those alerts? Tell me, tell me what needs to be done. Tell me about automation and, and help me plug it into something else. And I don't have people and I need to train people and da, 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 and, and all of that. And then, then it, and we, we've seen that with network and network security and then mobile devices, bring your own device and endpoint security and all of that. And now we're seeing that with the cloud native and public clouds. And there's, there's a bunch more areas where we see that happen. So in that sense, it, it's, it almost feels like cheating when I see in a new company, especially younger entrepreneurs that think. This is happening. Oh my God, this is happening for the first time that the world is changing. Now that you're here, you're going to be here, then you're going to be here. But I, I think, so let me pause here. Do, do I, I see you guys nodding? Does totally. I think you're so right. <laughs> like technology comes in, everybody understands the gap. So then comes new technology that is developed to protect this thing. Protection is never it's 100. Usually, it's an antivirus. It protects something. If so we take this Chris parent. Young, who used to be the head of Cisco security and now is like an EVP somewhere in Microsoft, always said that security is always initially bolted on, but it, it needs to be built in. 
Yeah. Yeah. So mm. yes, I, I, I totally agree. I mean, it's never built in. Then comes the protection layer. Then they build the detection and response to see when things evade the protection or, or, or prevention, what happens. And then this the alert management, alert reduction, AI on top to make smart decision for human beings not take care of the alerts. So and then the absolute, economy. And, and then, then the, the economy. economy. And it's like, what should we reduce and what's the bloat that Notice we can that take out? a lot of times these security trends also coincide with the, the, the trends with in the, the market. Because you'll see that the growth of firewall, the initial growth of firewall came with the growth of the internet and then it needed to fix itself after the dot-com break. You'll see that a lot of the VPN technology grew until the the collapse in 2008 with because there was a lot of growth with a lot of things that needed access and cloud in the pandemic grew Crude. like crazy and now, and now there is a an correction. optimization yeah yeah so you'll see that that also indicates to that thread it's a cycle absolutely so now we are yeah. kind of the optimization what do you think what's the stage that we are at yeah, there's there's definitely a correction. A bunch of people, myself included, were were waiting for crisis or recession or, or something to happen in the market for like five years, right? Because someone said that every seven to nine years something happens. I can prove it. At two thousand, at two thousand and eight, what more do you need? I mean, human nature is just about fighting those patterns. So everyone was sitting on their money and waiting for 2016, 2017 for something to happen. It didn't happen. Then COVID. Oh my God, this is what we've been waiting for. No, it didn't happen. So now, now it's happening. The, 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 the nice thing about market behavior and, and economics is that it's affected by human psychology like nothing else. And... The fact that we're expecting something affects on the probability of that something to, to happen. So that, that's a long, long answer to, to say that I, I have no idea. <laughs> and and I, I, gave up, I gave up trying to time the market or to, to understand what, what's driving the market. And I, I just focus on problem solution the customers <laughs> these days. <laughs> So I'm interested in like your last role at Cisco. You you were kind of like part of the think tank that looked at the market, looked at what's outside, what's inside, how to bring innovation in, what innovation you can build. I'm curious, like when you are in a giant like that, how you think about trends and how you decide what's for us to go after, how... Should we build it ourselves? Should we collaborate with a startup? Like, I want to know how big corporates think about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I've always been kind of an entrepreneur or someone just yesterday called me an intrapreneur or lots of definitions, but I'll tell you what I, what I think. And lots of credit, of course, to my amazing team. But my my understanding of where we're at in in light of the process that the security industry and the tech industry is always going through is is interesting because i think that we got to a step function 
a place in time, an inflection point that is going to really change. Something has to change dramatically in security. And, and I think that's a great opportunity, both for larger companies, corporations, as well as small companies. And, and I'll explain. We saw that process of network security growing from, oh my God, I have a problem all the way to automation and then endpoint and then other things and then cloud and, and all of that. And we mentioned a dozen new companies come up with each phase that, that we're going through. However, all those new companies that come up would need someone to buy them, someone to use them, someone to be proficient and to get trained on how to do all those kind of things. And humans are running out. And we have arrived at that point where complexity and the huge amount of vendors that an enterprise customer needs to deal with is really what's causing security incidents and, and breaches and, and all of that. So in talking to many dozens of, of CISOs and, and customers, I'm learning that unlike five years ago, they are less concerned about zero-day vulnerabilities and, and China or Russia or whomever coming after them because, you know, that's outside of my threat model. If they want to get me, they're going to get me, right? But just help me make sure that attackers don't get in between the cracks, right? So an in, in average Cisco study, we, we published that, and an average enterprise customer has today 50 or 60 vendors. That That's they work with. Yeah. Yeah. And, and some, some people that I tell them that they, they say, oh my God, I have 95. I, I could have made it with 50. That's, that's amazing. But the, the, the problem is that worldwide, we have, I think, three year deficit of 3 million headcounts of tech professionals for security, security professional next year is going to be more the year after that. Only growth. Yeah. So we, we're at an inflection point where it's not enough for us to do whatever we did before, come up with new companies, a new solution, and sell more products to the same companies because they don't have the people to deal with that. They don't have a way to make sense out of that. And the poor you people know? that are there needs to be trained on the 50, 40, 90 so also, solutions that also they have, right? Leave a little bit in the eye and say that a lot of the big companies, like, so Amazon is the exception because they do a good job of this, but Cisco and Microsoft, they kind of defraud the poor CISO because they tell them, oh, buy from C Cisco. We are just one product. No, you're not. You have Meraki and you have FMC and they don't talk to each other. They actually are not even remotely alike. And then they need to buy the EDR solution that doesn't work with any of these things. So I look like I'm working with one vendor, but I'm actually working with 20 acquisitions. So even that... Doesn't solve the problem. Doesn't it so still doesn't solve not the problem. stitch together and yeah. not but, one but UX. What, but what I am hearing Raviv saying, which I really like, is... When I'm going to refine my sales strategy and probably give credit to review about this is try to find which vendor am I kicking out because, or how many vendors can I kick out? Because I think this is a, a, an interesting aspect because one of the things we're talking to is we say, somebody says, oh, but we have CrowdStrike. And I said, yeah, you have CrowdStrike for identity, but it, it, it's a completely different product than their whole suite and it's going to be integrated 
by the time that Omri goes to the army. So this is something that we can actually effectively address. What do you think? Let, let me let me even give you one more. As you talk to your CISO or customer security teams and you think about the, the sales pitch, I, I would just lead with empathy. Those those poor people, they, they need help. They're trying to hire people. There aren't enough people out there. The ones that they're able to talk to, they can't afford. They can't explain to their board what's going on in security because for most security products, and, and we can maybe touch on compliance, it's a big different trust and compliance, but for, for most security products, the best outcome is that nothing happens. Now, yeah. how, can you, how can you go to your board and, and put a price tag on that? Give me a million dollar and then nothing happens or give me two million dollars and then nothing happens. So why, why, do, we, why do we need one million dollar more? I mean, today. It's very, very hard to to explain, but if your sales pitch is coming in and saying, let me show you how you can use less people and maintain your security posture, reduce your risk, or how my solution requires less training, you can get people hit the ground running faster, then I think that then it gets interesting, right? Yep. Yeah, reducing complexity, reducing the, the, the redundant work, that the work that people don't like, or, definitely. Or push down stuff to the less skilled employees because sometimes they have big support teams that all that support team does is pick up the phone, answers, and send it to, some, that, to somebody that's expensive. Make, yeah, yeah. make, the, make, make the, the people that they have more efficient, efficient usable, enable them to do yeah. high-level work. The DD and Latal show will return in a moment. The DD and Latal show is sponsored by Ort. In today's world, identities are the perimeter protecting the organization and are the most exploited vector by attackers. If your security teams are struggling to maintain control of identity management tools, Ort can help. Ort offers a centralized platform for discovering, monitoring, assessing, and remediating identity threats to your business. While most security platforms can take weeks or months to start identifying and remediating risks, with ORT, your security teams can get started in as little as 30 minutes and start securing the identity perimeter immediately. ORT will surface the most critical vulnerabilities and give your security teams the recommended action steps. Start your trial today at ORT.io. That's O-O-R-T dot I-O. The DD and Latal show was sponsored by Hunters. The Hunters SOC platform helps your security team identify, understand, triage, and respond to incidents at a much faster pace. ChargePoint, the world's largest network of electric vehicle charging stations, uses Hunter's stock platform to leverage its out-of-the-box detection content to more efficiently respond to real threats and vulnerabilities. Visit hunters.ai to learn more. There's actually a Cisco study that was published last year that shows that you Imagine three levels of security teams and you have like the superhero hackers, all of that. And then on the other side, you have the, the entry level analysts and they were able to show across thousands of companies that were surveyed that by providing automation and basic tools with artificial intelligence to the lower level teams, 
got the organization to perform at a level as if they're using the higher level teams, right? So it's, it's all about kind of, I, I like to think about it like a, a self-driving vehicle journey. And the, the more that you can provide there, the better you can help your customer. And just like self-driving vehicles, there's concern. What, what am I going to do with that? I mean, I, I can't really take my hands off the wheel, right? So you need to, to build trust. So let's start with force control and then lane assist and, and then collision detection and stuff like that. And after five or six or, or 10 years, we're going to go to fully autonomous self-driving, but this is, this is the journey that we're on. And the, the inflection point is not just because of the shortage of, of people that we have. It's because of the limitations of the human mind, right? I mean, at some point, shit is going to get so complex that no single human would be able to comprehend it. Are you guys safe over there? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think they uh, <laughs> gave us yeah. a blip. Of... <laughs> well, we can get back. I think your point about us trusting automation and letting go is really important in fact that once we actually know that the technology is not a black box and we can see what's in it, why it got to the decision that it serves us, I think people have more trust in the algorithm or whatever. I think that like early days of automation and all kinds of things, people kind of thought, okay, the robot will do this everything and it's going to just go. I think we all understand we, as human beings, even if the box is doing something that is all legit, we're going to trust it only if we can comprehend why it did what it did. And if we have the option, even if we're not going to use it, to override it. I think we all want to know that it's not, yes, the automation is driving a decision, but if I disagree, I have the veto over the machine to go overrule it. And I think that's critical. Like if we want to move to a world of security that will have more automation tools and DDNI in this business, ability of the models, being very transparent, not giving people like complete black box. I don't think people want to tweak the model that much. Oh, like, they want to tweak the model all I the think time. they think they want to tweak the no, model. No, 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 they play around with this. One of the things that's, that... That fucks it, no, right? Exactly. So that's why Oded and I always share, kind of give... In our explainability models, we do what, this is what you did. This is how you tune the model. And if you would have left us to us, this is what. The, so your explainability explain why you shouldn't tweak the. the explainability <laughs> explains the basically the, why you shouldn't mess with the model. Which okay. is, I think you, you're, you're both uh, spot on. This is interesting enough. This is a UX problem that Absolutely. we know the, the industry knows how to solve and even more interesting, usually the solution is not to expose what we do in the black box and not to just reveal and, and provide access to, to everything, but come up with a very simplistic model of how people should think that those things are working and allow them to, to access that. If we go back to the car example, so if you look at the end of the journey, your car may not have windows in the front, like the windshield, it's not going to be there, right? Or you're not going to have a steering wheel, but 
just by virtue of, of putting a steering wheel there helps you feel that you're in control and the mental model, which goes back to, I don't know, model T vehicles is that there, there's something that connects the steering wheel to the wheels and, and then you turn. So the, the whole thing turns, but today it's all about sensors and, and digital buses and signals. I mean, it doesn't really work like that, but that's how you think about that. Right, so, so it makes sense for you to feel like you're it's, still it's, controlling. It's it. not just a fake wheel. It's the the ability. If, so if I would have let the data science engineers in Cisco do the explainability of how things work, they would have explained to the customer what happened to the packet, and the person on the other end brain would go, "Because awesome, did you explain this?" But it means nothing to me. I need to understand threat to actor to person. What what did that impact? Not don't explain to me about packets. Don't explain to me about CPUs or vulnerability. It's like that joke about the engineer that that says you're in this location, that location. That doesn't help anybody. You need to tell me how is it related to the, my day to day problem. Oh, the the one with the airplane. I'll tell the joke. So the joke goes, a guy in a hot air balloon gets lost and comes down and says to some person, hey, I'm lost and I'm stuck here and I need to get somewhere else. Where am I? So the person tells him, well, you're in this longitude and this latitude and you're about 50 feet high. So the guy in the balloon says, clearly you're an engineer. And he says, how do you know that? He says, you gave me very, very accurate information, but it doesn't solve my problem and I'm still lost. And he says, you're a manager. And he says, how do you know that? He says, well, you got yourself into problems. You committed the things you couldn't commit to. And now you're still blaming me. So that's kind of the the essence of the, the engineer <laughs> manager. I thought it was a different one. I thought it was different. <laughs> but it's still very, very accurate towards the the precision, the, the way we communicate of engineers. But that, that's, that's really the inflection point, right? So in, in the old days, it was enough to share what we discovered. And we could assume that the, the user on the other side is a highly trained security professional with enough time and mental capacity to take the information, the data points and construct something, understand what's going on and devise a plan. But What's happening today is that security, it's not the garage geek or, or the super experienced hacker that is coming after you. There is a fast platform for ransomware, right? So people go on the dark web and you, you have crime syndications and, and crime VCs. So people go to crime VCs and say, hey, I want to do a ransomware campaign and, and this is the plan and da, da, da. And then the crime lords would invest in them. And th those people, they're not even technical. They just, they go, they have the CMO. They have customer success for crying out loud. They, they truly do. And then they, they have the engineer who goes on the dark web and, and sets up the thing and they buy the compromised user details and, and they get the, the cloud compute and, and they just go at it. So it's a matter of of when and not of if, right? So that that creates a situation where security 
not the incident response piece, but security itself is being pushed into other products across the organization. It's no longer the problem of a security team. Now it's a problem of the person dealing with the network and, and that's SD-WAN and secure SD-WAN and, and all of that. And it's the problem of the IT person and the person that's dealing with the endpoints. And it's most definitely the problem of the developers working on cloud native technologies because the velocity and CICD and everything that we need to deal with these days just to, to keep up with technology, you can't check for security later. No one is going to do that. That's why everything has to shift left, right? So that, that creates a huge, huge change in the way that we need to think about security. Just inflection point. Again, this is, that, that's why I'm excited. There's a ton of things that are changing that creates opportunities. Unfortunately, things are going to get worse before they're going to get better, but that's a great opportunity for new companies, right? So you asked me larger versus smaller companies. So new companies help me find ways to get security into non-security use cases, into non-security products, because that's, that's the winning strategy, right? Help me make sure that my users love security. And larger corporations build a freaking platform. You can't be selling things in isolation. Build a freaking platform and make sure that the platform is open and extensible because you're not going to live there alone. You're going to acquire companies. They're going to live there. You're going to need to collaborate with other companies. There's no other way for security to work in the industry. If we don't do those kind of things. I hope all large vendors listen to this and get this. I don't think it's the manifesto of all of them having an open and kind of agile platform. They, so their manifesto is, if you look at security, they had SecureX. If you look at CrowdStrike, they claim... I'm not just talking Cisco. Anyhow, no, I'm talking about... Um, Microsoft, Microsoft is claiming... It's claiming multi-cloud support. Yep. Exactly. It, it is like but the what trend. Happens, but what happens is... What Raviv was saying, which I think is really, really valuable, is to is to deeply have empathy and understanding of your end user. I'll, I'll give you an example from my my way of working and how, why this needs to happen. So Microsoft has this risk user concept, and and we talk to one of our customers and we say, "Look, Microsoft told you that this account was attacked. You can see that." This account was very, very much under attack. Then you said, no, no, it's okay. Then we see that somebody logged in successfully. Even though the, the, the CEO is located in this location, even though this, you know what, this is a store. And the store so suddenly magically hope shows up in a completely different location, in a completely different place, logging in and doing things that people do. It's a store, but it's doing stuff that a person does. This is a good indication that this is a problem, but you need to, Take them through the journey, explaining what is this that they're seeing in the signals in their language. And what happens with a lot of the platforms that they're still thinking, like Avi was saying, that they're dealing with the level three engineer because that's their design partner. So they think that the signals that they can emit are this complex. And they think that if they emit something from system one, system two, system three, and emit it to that level three engineer, he can... Bridge comprehend, comprehend these yeah. signals and make the decision on their own. 
Well, in reality, yep. what needs to happen is, and I'm going to pick on Cisco, that if Duo says one thing and Meraki says another thing and Amp says a third thing, Raviv is saying, SecureX needs to tell me, do action Y. Don't, don't wait for me to, to do this. Better yet, trust me, you know what? I'll do the action for you and tell you in hindsight how I fixed it. And I'll plug in that that's why I'm Tantos, because yeah. that's what we do. But, exactly. Okay. So I think we need to ask Aviv, what is, now that he's out, what are your plans for the future? That, that's a great question. I, I've been, I haven't announced formally yet, but I, I haven't been working for, for a few weeks now. And I've been working about 10 hours a day in not working for Cisco. Thanks. <laughs> Just meeting, meeting with people and, and helping startups and, and all of that. I, I, I don't think I'm not ready to commit to, to the next full-time gig yet. So there, there's a couple of options I'm, I'm looking through, but staying plugged in with startups and the ecosystem and, and the industry is, is definitely just so refreshing. And I, I find myself really having fun working with CEOs and founders and, and building ideas for differentiation and just go-to-market strategies and, and all of that. This is, this is a great fun. So I'm, I'm enjoying myself doing that while I make up my mind. I so, hope you get to travel a little bit. That's Yeah, and actually, that's I, I, have, uh, so I have an offsite coming up with one of the companies I'm helping. So they, they invited me to their leadership offsite and the customer advisory board and it's another company in, in Israel. Maybe I'll, I'll travel over there over the next couple of months as well. So I, I, I do want to take some time off, but it, it's like something keeps happening. So I'll, I'll get to that. I'll, I'll get to that. Excellent. Well, we are playing a little game with all our guests. So I want to make sure we have time to play it with you, Raviv. And now Lital and Didi present... Prove you're not a robot. Three final authenticating questions for our guest. So, Raviv, if you I, were... I was concerned for a second. I thought I, I may need to take off my shirt or something. No, no, no. no, no you no, can no. bring an shirt if not, you want. Not that kind of a game. Okay. Not that kind of game. No. That kind of, that okay. kind of game. If you were a security superhero, what would be your name and who would play you in the Hollywood movie? And because you are on Zoom, nobody realizes how tall you are. So you... You need to, you need to think big. Think big. Interesting. I, I would go with Thor. <laughs> Good. The blonde. I don't know. <laughs> think big. I'm, I'm trying. Okay. <laughs> I guess the, the, the current cast for the character works for me. So okay. I'll, I'll, I'll take that. You're taking Chris Hemmelsworth. Well, if I have to, nice. he's, he's going to need to step up, but it's for us that way, so. You don't see it on camera, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> so, next is, what is your favorite hacking, breach, horror story that you, you've encountered? In, in, the least favorite. Or your least favorite story. I am, I'm astounded by everything that is social engineering related. It, it really amazes me. And I, I go back and forth on, on the spectrum of, oh my God, this is great. And oh my God, this is, this is horrible. At the end of the day, the, the human element just determines everything. And we, we keep talking about technology and, and all of that, but you know, we're, we're 
shutting down the windows and in many cases the door is is wide open and it's it just like you, you have so so much sophisticated technology invested in seeing your cloud posture and what's going on and creating graphs with artificial intelligence and understanding where the attackers are moving laterally da 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 da, da and then the attacker just goes to a bar and ask the person for their password and it's an 18 year old yeah from the lapsus group yeah yeah so totally. i i will close with a with a different question than we usually do because you're going to be retired how do you waste your time on the internet Ooh. well it's your favorite way it's not that exciting actually i i got into real estate a bit so I'm, I'm reading a lot just trying to, to understand there's a bunch of full strategies there i think that uh, we have a lot of efficiency inefficiencies in in security real estate is is the same so maybe a topic for a different show different podcast but it's it's fascinating there's a lot of inefficiencies in in that market and a lot of human psychology that goes into play and that creates opportunities just like in security. So I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying myself uh, there for a bit. That's definitely awesome. a topic I'd like to chat with you. Yes. For sure. Well, Raviv, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for coming. And please rate, review, share the show if you like it. We are here weekly, the Didi and Lital show, wherever you're getting your podcast. Really appreciate you spending the time with us. If you have questions, if you'd like us to address a topic, Please reach out to Didi and Vital. Thanks, Didi. Thanks, Thanks Raviv. Thank you. We'll see you soon. See you soon. Thanks, Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.